What's going on everyone? Welcome back to Stacking Slabs. This is your hobby content alternative. I'm your host, Brett McGrath. I collect sports cards. I have a podcast about collecting sports cards. And once a week, I bring on a collector to talk about sports cards. Hopefully you've been enjoying the parallel series that we are running here. Started off with the Black Finite with Chris McGill. Then we moved over to the Gold Refractor with Josh Johnson. Those episodes are in the archive today. We are talking about a very prestigious parallel, and that is the essential credentials. You've heard it, you've seen it, and maybe you're even lucky enough to own one, or two, or three, or four, or five, or six, or seven, or eight. I don't know. But these cards have a prestige to them. You see them on the IG, you stop in your tracks, you hit the like button, you share it with your friends, all those things. Jake Roy is the man of 90s. And when I asked him, I said, I want you on this series. What do you want to talk about? He shot over essential credentials. And I said, let's do this. We need to cover it. You're the guy to do it. You're going to really enjoy this episode. Jake's a good guy. Go check out his YouTube channel if you're not already so much nostalgia. If you like what I'm doing over here, follow, subscribe, do all the things everyone else tells you to do. But most importantly, tell a damn friend you are enjoying the Stacking Slabs podcast. Without further ado, it's essential credentials time, everybody. Let's kick it to the conversation. We are here and we are going to be talking about essential credentials excited about today's guest who is returning back to the pod i have jake roy 90s b-ball cards he's got a awesome youtube channel if you are into want to learn more about 90s b-ball cards go find jake's channel we will put it in the show notes jake essential credentials we're going to cover it today but first how you doing man I'm doing good. You know, really uh, excited to be on here to chat about 90s parallels, you know, and I would be remiss not to mention the illustrious first two guests that you had on. But I did notice a pattern. We went from talking about, you know, Prism one of one black finites to the the gold refractors kind of like in the mid 2000s is when they really hit their peak. And then we're going back a little bit further to the 90s. So I don't know what you're going to follow this up with. I don't know how you're going to you know, go further back behind uh, the 90s. But uh, I, I think it's a pattern. I, I know you planned this out. Uh, I got to be honest with you. Uh, right before we hit record, I was thinking about next week. And my when you go and you do something like this, I, I was, I'm down a rabbit hole right now and I don't even know what direction I want to. And this going backwards hasn't been intentional. It's just why we're here. But maybe like, I don't know, maybe we start just like... I feel like you've talked about this on your channel, talked about credentials, but um, maybe just like, first of all, like, I'm curious, like how long have you been running your uh, YouTube channel? Um, Because I feel like that might help, help set the stage because you, you talk about all things 90. So how long have you been doing it? Yeah. I'm trying to think when my first episode came out, I want to say it's probably been close to four years, maybe a little bit over. I, I feel like it was sometime boy, was it 2018 or 2019? It was, it was before the pandemic, before the last dance. So maybe it was 2018. Been that long? Maybe it has. How often has credentials come up in your own content? Oh my goodness. Yeah. A bunch. I mean, it's been, I mean, it's still a big chase of my collection. 
Um, I don't, I don't know if I, I think I've opened maybe one, I think I might have one episode on my channel where I was able to open some EX, if I remember correctly, but I'm not positive on that. They're, they're hard packs to get a hold of, um, you know, and, and the majority of my early content was just ripping packs and sharing pack odds. And, you know, I've, I've done a little bit other stuff. So when I get cards in my PC, I like to share that too. So, um, I've talked about it there. I've talked about it. Um, you know, some of the near misses. So. Yeah, there's been a handful of times I've definitely uh, gone down that hole. When you th- when you think about essential credentials, like and that parallel, and you know whether it's n- your knowledge of it um, as you know a youth maturing in the hobby to now, like how does it how does it make you feel? Y- you know, um, the f- that first credential of Penny, which I'm fortunate enough to have. Um, really brings me back to a point in time where it was just like, I, I had never seen one in person. I'd only seen pictures um, and kind of dreamt of what they might look like based on the pictures. And then when I finally got one in hand, that wasn't mine. It completely lived up to the expectations. And then when I finally got one of my own, it's one, you know, sometimes when we get cards after we have them, it's kind of like, okay, you know, I have that kind of check that box this is one that I go back to and, you know, enjoy over and over again. Um, it's just, there's so many things about it visually that are intriguing, but also it's really um, kind of like the the peak of the innovation that we could have expected in 96. And they, you know, they hit every single point that they possibly could have. So to think about where technology has come since 1996, when the first basketball one was offered um, and, how those would still stand out amongst any product that would come out now is, uh, is really fun to think about. So let's maybe start with like the debut release. And I think sometimes we just hear like essential credentials or credentials in conversations, um, as collectors, um, especially I remember getting back into the hobby and trying to get educated on everything, but didn't necessarily know, uh, what product it came from. I feel like it's one of those parallels that like it, it from a brand recognition perspective, it kind of surpasses the product. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe talk a little bit about, uh, you alluded to it there when you were just talking about in, in 96, but talk about just Skybox EX 2001, like mm. and anyone listening, what you, what you think they should know about the product itself when it was released? Yeah. Well, I mean, one of the things that I think is fun to th- to go over with the history is like even before the you know the, the 2000 2001 product the genesis of the ex legacy if you will started with skybox emotion so for basketball is 94 95 which was you know kind of a cool set but didn't have some of the groundbreaking technology they did have you know the uh people know the intense inserts uh that came from there uh, and then, you know, 95, 96 with the EXL, where they started to get into kind of like some of the framing and, you know, a little bit more dimensionality to the cards, which were really cool for the time. But then, you know, in 96 for basketball, uh, that EX2000 set really just blew everybody's socks off. It, it was, you know, out of this world. And then the 97 EX2001, you know, which has the credentials that, you know, are really um, iconic cards at this point, those took what was already incredibly intricate and mind-boggling for design and just took it to the next level with, with you know the use of hollow foil and just so much stuff that i'm sure we're going to get into i mean imagine having a card that had acetate backing hollow foil 
die cutting um, and, you know, some gold foil on top of the assets. It's just like there was some of everything. And those were just base cards. We're not talking about the credentials yet. Um, you know, so the, the history of the set is just like really revolutionary use of technology from the very beginning and then just kept pushing the envelope. When when there is like when we're talking about uh, essential credentials, like um, trying to think about and painting the picture, and I'm sure like I'll be curating some of these cards in my story so people can go back and check it out. But like, what are some of those cards that you think stand out like in people's it could be in your mind, but in the collector's mind on like when that essential credentials is brought up, like. What are those like primary cards? Like it could be the player, it could be the year. Like, what do you think is kind of like maybe not necessarily like the Mount Rushmore, but just some of those significant cards that um, are top of mind and probably like historic uh, items when it comes to this parallel? Yeah, one of the first ones that jumps out to me uh, isn't necessarily the most expensive or the most rare, but is the the ninety seven, so the EX two thousand and one, the future Jordan um you know where he's in the black bulls uniform and he's not in really the most you know iconic jordan pose he's kind of like maybe pulling down a rebound i think if i remember correctly um but the colors with the red and the purples uh you know really play well with the bulls uniform but also you know they they jump out they really pop uh when you see them in a showcase when you you know see a picture online um so at least for me when i think credentials that's the first card that really pops in my mind is that Jordan, um, you know, there are one of ones and, you know, I'm sure we'll, we'll dig into that. Uh, those aren't the first ones because you just never see them, right? Like they're, they're tucked away. We know where they are, but they, they just never see the light of day. Um, you know, then the next one that I think about also, because we see it fairly often is the now of Tim Duncan, cause it's his rookie year and being in the Spurs uniform, that one has some kind of like almost like a yellowish gold and some green, which play nicely with the Spurs uniform. So, you know, those are the first two that I think about, um, you know, and then talking about Mount Rushmore, we, we would be remiss to leave out the Kobe from 96, the rookie year uh, credential. Uh, and I think that that one's really cool because the base card, the hollow foil that they use on there is green, which just clashes with the Lakers uniform. So using the silver foil for the essential credential just makes a beautiful card much more beautiful for Kobe. Um, and it's, it's an important card, I think, for his legacy and his card collecting. Um, you know, and, and then I would, I would have to put a penny on there. <laughs> you know, pick any one of them. Uh, I love them all, <laughs> you know. Um, uh, one thing that I've picked up on just everything you've talked about, like in which I think this is really good. And you, when you talk about the cards, you talk about, you're not talking about the value, but you're talking about like technology use, the aesthetics and the appearance. Um, maybe dig into that a little further, because I think there is certainly a uniqueness to this parallel that gets people excited. And I oftentimes try to like dummy everything down. And mm. like when I look at a card and look at trends and see, why things are so popular over a long period of time. Like most instances, it goes back to like, yeah, rarity, scarcity, that plays a role, but like how the cards actually look. And I think yeah. there's a difference with credentials and that this is what makes them pop and makes them collectible. So maybe just like 
however you want to take this, because I know there's different years and they look all a little different, but just like maybe walk us through just like the aesthetics and the design, Mm -hmm. like things about these cards that you think are significant. Yeah. So, I mean, so with the first one being basketball, 96, 97, um, you know, we talked a little bit about it with the Kobe, uh, how they use that silver hollow foil that has some texture. It's almost like a, a radial silver hollow foil that kind of, you know, um, it, it's not a lot on there. It, it's really around the edges, but it, it you could almost imagine if they used all of a sheet of hollow foil, it would radiate from the player's core out, um, which I think is cool. It kind of it kind of brings your eye, it zooms it into the player uh, in that, you know, kind of piece of of acetate with a sky background um which the player is backed by those are those are gorgeous but i I think that the silver hollow foil is nice because it's something that goes with everybody's uniform right um and that's just basketball so for baseball and football that design was used in their 97 offering right so it's just on the heels um but they use different hollow foil patterns for each of those so the football, they're called, so for the basketball, the, the naming is just credentials, whereas football, it's essential credentials. Um, and those use kind of like starbursts all over the place. It, almost think of it like, um, I think it was Luca's rookie year of Kaboom. It's almost mm. like a miniature version of that pattern. So if you like Kabooms, you'll love credentials, uh, all of those. Um, but then the baseball offering gave us, you know, kind of like a first tier of just credentials which were numbered to 299 and then they had the essential credential on top of that which was numbered to 99 and the baseball just used the kind of like a, a flat hollow foil silver for the credential but then the essential credential they used a different pattern that was different than basketball or football uh which is similar actually to the 99 2000 star rubies so people are familiar with that kind of like starburst um like it's it's subtle but it it really pops like i'm the one that's in my mind right now with the cal ripkin for whatever reason mm. um which is just a really cool one so it's really neat how they use different patterns of silver hollow foil for all of the sports so you know for a 90s guy like myself you know i collect penny but i have a football one in my collection i want to get a baseball one um they also use different serial numbers so I, I didn't even touch on basketball was serial number to 499 and was the first serial numbered parallel. So they had essential credit. They had the credentials for 96, 97. And then a little bit later in that same release year, they had uh flare legacy came out, which were numbered to, to 150. So uh, the credentials being the first offering of a serial numbered base parallel was really revolutionary. We think now 499 doesn't sound very rare, but they were hard to come by. Um, but then in the 97 offering for football, all of those are numbered to 100. And then I, I talked about the baseball where the credentials were 299 and then the essential credentials were numbered to 99. So, you know, at, in 1996 and 1997, those, those numbers were like astronomical. They were, they were true unicorns at the time because, you know, who's looking at eBay? Even if you went on eBay, good luck finding a picture. You know, eBay listings were just uh, words at that point. So. So you talked about the numbering and dude, I like, I struggle so much to get this straight. And so I, I think about the conversation I had with Mikey in the hobby when he was talking about his Randy Moss and it, the Randy mm-hmm. Moss that he got was and I don't, it out of six, whichever version that is. Yep. Like, I, I, I don't the recall. Future. 
the future. So maybe like talk a little bit about like, is there, how is the, how is the numbering structured and like, what are the different versions? Like how is that organized? Yeah. So the 90, the 97 offering for basketball uh, did the same thing that they did with the 98 offerings for football and, and baseball. And I think I've heard some people call it like a mirrored numbering system. Mm. And so, yeah, so there's two versions. There's the uh, essential credential now and the essential credential future, which both use different colors um, and the numbering structure, like I said, it, it mirrored each other. So for the now, the first card in the set, the you know card on the checklist that was number one was serial number two one. So that's a one of one. And then it would go all the way through to the end of the checklist. So for basketball, there were um, 80 cards in the set. So it goes, you know, one of one, one of two, all the way down to one of 80. Um, and that's for the now. So if people are thinking about it in terms of coloring, that's the gold and green, mm. right? Uh, so the Jordans, the most rare Jordan is the now. Uh, the one of one for basketball was Grant Hill. Uh, mm. But then the future, they did the inverse. So the Grant Hill being the first card in the checklist is numbered to 80. And then it goes all the way down. So the Ron Mercer, the last card in the checklist, which is a one of one. So in total, every player's got 81 credentials out there. But, you know, some are, are much more rare. And then, like I was talking about earlier, the future are the red and kind of pinkish purple. Um, and then, you know, football was one through 60. So the same thing there, the, the nows, they had the same coloring. The first one, the checklist was one of one all the way down to 60 and back. And then baseball is uh, one through a hundred. So, um, you know, those, those football ones are, are very hard to track down. What, what do you, what do you think this sort of, uh, numbering system and having two versions does for like the long-term collectability? Like, is this something as a penny collector you like and how it's organized and like the opportunity it presents from like a chase perspective? Is it something that you don't like? Talk a little bit about the uniqueness there and how, how it makes you feel as a collector. Yeah. It's like a love hate relationship for me. Uh, and the thing I hate about it is penny has, one that's numbered to four mm. and it's it's like <laughs> good, yeah, good, good luck, luck. <laughs> yeah exactly um you know so <laughs> that's the part that i hate is like that chase is like you know climbing mount everest or, or maybe it's two mount everest i don't know do you know anyone with that card uh i believe nat has one um i think spino has one and those are probably the only two guys i know off the top of my head so of course those two guys would have them right <laughs> <laughs> no shocker there is 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 was this uh structure mirrored in status is that like the same yes. kind of so status gained inspiration potentially from the way credentials was organized i would imagine so yeah it's uh, there might be some other things that did similar stuff that i'm not thinking of but um you know credential drop the mirror the mirror numbering if we're if we're calling it that um at a point in time and then they they brought it back in like kind of the early 2000s so it's it's something that i think they probably brought it back by popular demand you know people were mm -hmm. like this is part of the brand um so i and i i feel like people really enjoy that status numbering i think 
was there something like in the like 2010s with like elite maybe that did something mm. similar that's a that's a that's a good call out and i know there's a bunch of especially in elite there's a bunch of elite fanboys out there and again like i i feel like with numbering if it's not consistent and there's the the mere numbering like it's my eyes just spin and i can never mm. remember what what is which set is numbered one way and what set is numbered the other way so it's I'm always looking for reference points and having conversations like this where I can get most of the time re-educated on how these things are structured. Yeah, I'm constantly having to like, you know, remind myself and like I'll go to, you know, trading card DB from mm. time to time and be like, wait a second, you know, if, if there's a credential that pops up, um, you know, of, of you know, insert random player here, you know, Mo Taylor, well, and just sold the other night. Um, off the top of my head, I don't know how many those are there are you know and so mm -hmm. if there's sometimes pictures blurry sometimes they don't list the serial numbering in the listing um i'll go to trading card db and be like how many motelers were there okay uh you know oh there's 23 of those oh geez that's really hard to find okay you know there's 78 that one's you know one that's there's more of um but all of them are, are relatively low numbered and again you know for the 90s anything anything numbered to 100 was you know it might as well have been a one of one so mm, totally. And so one of the things that I um, am curious, just and I think this might be a good like just letting everyone know, but just these cards in the release of these cards, like if you look at them from like a brand perspective, you see like, OK, you know, um, Skybox and then you as the, the it progresses, you see Flare. And I think that might be confusing to some mm. people, but maybe talk a little bit about like the lineage and like what was going on in the industry as the years passed anything you want to touch on there yeah no that's a good point because it's something that i just kind of like in my mind i just brush over a lot of times like oh yeah it's it's flare skybox you know but um yeah so skybox and flare were different companies uh when you know a lot of these products were being produced in in the in the mid 90s and then towards the end of the 90s the the companies merged so you'll see a lot of the branding switch to Fleer slash Skybox, and then a lot of it switched to just Fleer or just Skybox. So there are a lot of, you know, if again, going to Trading Card DB, a lot of times you'll see it listed as just EX. They just drop off the Fleer and the Skybox just for continuity's sake. Mm. Uh, but some places you'll still see, you know, so like the 96, the 97, you'll see it as Skybox EX 2001. Skybox EX2000. Um, and then I'm trying to remember what the first year was where the branding switched to just being FLIR. It might have been 2001 or 2002, somewhere around there. If I remember correctly, it was... Um, and I, I remember specifically when the they brought it back in 06. That, at that point, it was under the, the upper deck IP. Mm. Um, and then it was FLIR EX. You know, so it, it, they, they did a good job with that, that rebranding. Where do you think, um, where do you think these cards sit when we are thinking about specifically '90s parallels and that their significance? Like, I think it's easy. I think that goes top of mind, and there's a reason why we didn't start with a precious metal gems episode. Yeah. Um, but that would, I'm sure would be in the conversation from a collector perspective. Where do you think these cards sit in terms of like, I'm a collector, I collect 
Stefan Marbury. Here's my list of cards, essential cards, no pun intended, or maybe pun intended, <laughs> that I need. Where do you think this 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 crop fits in? Yeah, I would put the credentials just behind the PMGs. Um, you know, so like for me, if I'm thinking it through, you know, if I had unlimited uh funds to go mm. and just start knocking off kind of like that list, I think um and I'm trying to remember, I did a I did an episode at one point, I don't remember when it was, of the of the most iconic insert sets of the nine or no, the most iconic parallels of the nineties. And you know, of course, PMGs were were number one. But if I remember correctly, credentials were number two. Uh, you know, you've got some stuff that were kind of like the first of the kind with 96 chrome refractors and uh, 93 finest refractors. But for me, the first three that I think of are PMGs, specifically, you know, FLIR metal, PMG green and reds. Uh, then the credentials really looking at the 97 EX2001 set. And then I think the next one would have to be 97 star rubies. And then, you know, you get the PMG championship from 97 as well. That's up there. And, the, you know, then the list goes on. But I feel like credentials, especially the EX2001 set, would be a firm number two right behind PMGs. So when I look at these cards, um, I like even at being at the National, walking around, seeing them in showcases, it's kind of a stop and the immediate thinking is a curiosity on who is the guy, like who is yep. the guy, because I can look at the guy and whoever it is across any sport, it's going to make me feel like a, a kid at some mm. level. Like, and I think you pair that with the look and feel and the design. It's just, it just screams nineties. Like I can hear, I can hear like black street in the the background. Right. While, it's like soundtracking while I'm looking at these cards. Um, how big of a role, like, do you think like, that's how it makes me feel, but do you think like the nostalgia component is um, to the, the, these cards being something that are highly desirable in the age bracket of people like for people like uh, for collectors like us? Yeah, I think it's massive. Um, you know, and, and like I talked about at the beginning, like that taste that I had for the the first credential of of Penny and looking at that card, it still brings me back. Uh, you know, and it, it also one of the things I always sit there and think about with these early EX sets is like, you know, I loved ripping packs as a kid and I'd go into the hobby shop and I would I'd see packs on the shelf and I was just talking to somebody about it today where a $2 pack was a pretty premium pack. Mm these packs were $5 a piece. Mm. And today we laugh and like $5, that's, you know, that's, you know, the, the lowest that you could imagine. But at that time, a $5 pack, you might as well have been dropping $200 on the pack. Mm. And those were, you know, those would sit on the top, top shelf of my hobby shop. And, uh, you know, if I asked about it, usually the, the store owner would take the box and put it on the shelf and, you know, let me rifle through and pick the, I could not touch those, you know, mm. it was, it was, you know, the EX, it was the flare showcase. Those were all on the top shelf. And, you know, for Dude. those that don't remember the flare showcase boxes were velvet lined, you know, no, so, they, totally. <laughs> so you're talking about an opening experience. That's kind of like what Pini does today with, I think, uh, I think eminence is that the one that comes in like the wooden box. I th I th yeah. I think you're right. Yeah. Um, that's an amazing, I, it, it triggered a, a memory I had of, I can't, 
I can't remember the year. This is a total total side tangent, but I had saved up money uh, in my allowance for like six months when I was a kid. And I, maybe you can help me out here. I bought a box with it. I bought, it was a flare box of flare basketball. It was, the box was gold. It was like, it was like uh, the packs you, you know, they're like, uh, cardboard packs kind of yeah, yeah. open the top yep. I, I don't know what year those were yeah but the, that was 94 or 95 i want to say 95 was the gold and i think 94 was a black cardboard box but yeah those no were, no, pa- no no parallels right nope no parallels you know <laughs> some really nice inserts but yeah oh man those cards were what an experience because so for those who didn't have a chance to open those right you had a cellophane wrapped cardboard box so you'd have to rip off the cellophane then slide open the cardboard box and then inside of that was a clear plastic like a traditional pack so it was like triple packed for opening one pack of cards uh you know so you really felt like you're opening something special because you had to get through all these layers of packaging uh and the cards were really i mean those yeah that 95 fleer flare set was so cool um you know it was the the precursor to flare showcase and they were just oh oh, uh, yeah i remember those and yeah you say that the the uh the gold and the black box i like right when you mentioned that i i I vividly remember seeing those in the hobby shop and appreciate that side tangent and trip down memory lane um maybe uh i'm i'm sure people are going to be listening to this they're going to be looking up these cards on ebay maybe going to card ladder different places but like i'd love uh for you to maybe provide any recommendations on if there's any individual collectors that you know who have who share their collections and have instagram pages like who who do you who would you say are some of the most uh prestigious uh credentials collectors in the hobby yeah i mean number one on that list has got to be spino um I'm pretty sure he has close to the master set for the 97 basketball. I don't know about the other sports. Um, I know at one point he had bought some of the uncut sheets uh, first because it's, you know, a fun chase for him. And it's kind of like something to remember, but also because he was trying to protect the hobby from anybody taking those and cutting them up and, and adding serial numbers to them. You know, so somebody who has that much passion for a set of cards that he's going to buy uncut sheets to protect them from getting into the wrong hands. Um, you know, his passion comes through when he posts these cards, you know, the, if you read through the copy, um, Mm. you know, you're reading a story post. Um, so yeah, he's the first guy that comes to mind when I think of credentials. Can I, can I, so I want to ask a question because I feel like there has been a, uh, this is good education. I wasn't expecting this to come up, but uh, there has been a trend that I've been, that I've been seeing from collectors, and it's not credentials, but it could be credentials based on what you just said. But it's um, people are trying to bring awareness to uh, football green PMGs that mm-hmm. I believe are coming from uh, someone took a, a uncut sheet, cut the sheet, put serial number stamps. They're bypassing um, grading. Um, I think most of these are in Beckett slabs and then they're being sold through auction sites like PWCC. And, you know, if you're not like, uh, someone who spends a lot of energy, has these collections, know the ins and outs, they look pretty much damn near the same as, you know, the original. So 
talk a little bit about that. You can use like this Benetron example or however, but like I feel like this to me seems like a trend in 90s cards that mm-hmm. maybe is getting worse. Although I'm not in 90s every day, but like talk a little bit about that just from an awareness perspective. Yeah, no, I'm glad you brought it up because it's definitely something that's happening. You know, I I, I saw those green PMG football ones that we're made aware of also. And, and you know, it made my stomach turn a little bit. Um, but yeah, it's it's definitely something that's happening. I think it feels like it's a growing phenomenon, but I think it's more so that we're just becoming more aware of it. Mm. Um, and I think it's because collectors are sussing those out and making other people aware of, hey, this one's for sale, but it's not a legit stamp. And, you know, some people still want them, right? Like, I think there's a place for those, but knowing that it is not an you know authentic factory stamped pack pulled you know parallel is important to know if you want one that doesn't have a serial number you know sometimes you'll see them on ebay is missing serial number if you want that in your collection there's you know there's nothing wrong with that um but you know people that are then taking them and stamping them and getting them graded to try to deceive people that's where the issue is uh that you know people might be taken for a ride but i also have been noticing that the vast majority of those seem to be in Beckett's slabs. Um, you know, so I know a lot of people are very careful when they're looking at the serial number and I, I am not an expert on this. So like there are some telltale signs that you can see on the serial number and some of that information is on blowout, but I know some of the experts don't put all of those pieces of information on blowout because they don't want the people who are mm. going to go and get those serial numbers stamped on there to know some of the tricks and secrets. So you've really got to find some of those experts and talk to them off to the side and kind of build a relationship so they know that you are trying to get the information to make informed purchases. Um, and then they'll, you know, the, a lot of them are very helpful and, you know, very willing to share their their knowledge and information. And, you know, there have been plenty of times that I've seen pennies and I send them a picture and I'll say, hey, what do you think of this one? And they'll say, nope, let's stay away from it. Or, yep, that seems good. Uh, which is always just, it's very helpful, you know, and then I can make my decision of what I want to do from there. Um, but I think that PSA is trying their best to crack down on any of those that come through their doors. Uh, and I think that's one of the things that we can see where you've got collectors involved in that company. So they care because they don't want to get that bad experience of having something, purchasing it, and then finding out it's not what you thought it was. Yeah. I, I just like my, I just, I think about and just I, my I'm stuck on the the green PMG because that's the latest. But I just think about like how rare those cards are. And if you're like player collecting someone like that is a green PMG of, you know, uh, your favorite football player uh, is would be maybe at the top of many collectors list. And then mm-hmm. to go through the process of like spending the money to get one and it's like not legit um, and you have nowhere to go to or nowhere to turn to afterwards is a, it's terrible. So like, I just think I'm glad we're, even though this is like a small part, I'm glad we're having a little bit of a conversation to bring some awareness. Cause it's, I think it's really, really important. See something, say something, right? Yeah. Well, and I think whenever you're going to drop a significant amount of money on a collectible, you know, and whatever significant is for you, it's important to do your research and know what you're getting, you know, and make sure that you're making an informed purchase you're comfortable with spending a large sum of money you know it doesn't matter what the card is uh or what the collectible is for that matter it's it's important to to know what you're getting yourself into so you mentioned spino is there anyone else that you would you would mention as someone 
who's got a uh, sick credentials collection that people should know about. Yeah, Nat has a great one. If you go on his Flickr, uh, it's it's easy to navigate, um, and uh, it's it's really impressive. You know, there are some great videos that I've seen. Like uh, Adam, the real twenty seven guy, did some good videos talking about some of those uncut sheets and showing some really good examples. Some really great information that that he's been able to share. Um, boy, there's oh, I'm kicking myself now. It's going to come to me after we're done too. There's another guy that I'm thinking of on Instagram. I, I can't think of his handle right now, but there's a couple of them. If you go on to Instagram and you search for like the hashtag of credentials, you know, you'll find some, and then you'll start noticing kind of like the same style of pictures. And then you'll start noticing, okay, these guys have a few and then, then it'll take you down the right path. Maybe to close this out on this topic here. Um, I don't know anything about these cards that we might not have covered that you want to leave collectors with um, something that people should know about anything on your end from a a personal collection perspective, like anything you want to share to close this out. Yeah, I think, um, you know, the thing I'd love to share is like, we really only touched on two years of credentials. There's, you know, they span the rest of the nineties. So like, you know, the, the ones that came, uh, for basketball in 98 and then in 99 for football and, and baseball are, you know, they, they take away the acetate. They put an opaque silver or gold, which are really cool. You know, so take a look at those. I think, uh, the 99 offering for basketball, uh, and then what's 2000 for baseball and football are, you know, kind of slept on a little bit. I think they're kind of cool because they bring back acetate, but also the serial number. And we don't have to get into this, but people can go and research it or, you know, hit hit either of us up. Um, those are even more scarce in some cases. You know, the rookies are very low numbered. I think for basketball, it's like they're numbered uh, out of 30. You know, so there are some really great credentials that are outside of those first two that are the most iconic uh, that, if you if you think you like credentials, there's uh, there's something that might surprise you, Jake. As always, I feel like I've learned something new. Hopefully, people out there as well. We can put credentials in the the parallel bag. Who knows if we're, we're we? There's not a lot of room to go backwards even more when we're talking about parallels. But we'll see what happens next week. Thanks for your time. Thanks for sharing stories and everything else. Appreciate it, man. Thank you. Always enjoy time with Jake. Hopefully you got nostalgic. Hopefully you learned something new about the essential credential parallel. I really enjoyed that conversation. Get that safe search going. Start looking at it. Start saving up. Get your guy. You got to get your guy. Take care of yourself. Take care of others around you. We'll be back. More Stacking Slides podcast on the other side. <laughs>